What it is, what it do. You're tuned in to the Jose Morales podcast. I'm your host, Jose Morales, and we're back in the ring for another episode this week with another special guest from the gym, Two Shorts, aka Emma Shorts. Hello, coach. And thank you so much for coming. You look amazing. Thank I told you. you, I'm not used to seeing you all dressed up. I so. know. I figured I'd surprise yeah. everybody. I was this like, who is this? <laughs> you look beautiful. Thank you. Beautiful. Normally, I'm sweaty and somewhat, you know, involved in what I'm doing here. Yeah, so. and you're always locked and loaded when you're here. Always you're grinding. I'm always trying yes. my best when I'm so, here. That was something I learned from you. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, you just accepted my, my my invitation. Do you have any idea why you're even here or why I picked you? Do you, you know why I want you here? No, I really didn't. I uh -huh. really didn't. And I, I want to tell you, honestly, I'm super appreciative that yeah. you asked me to be here. I've been a member of the gym. I've been coming since about 2019. Yeah. And we've had our talks. We've had our times. You know, you've seen me through great struggles, whether you knew it at the time or not, coming into this gym. And um, and so when you asked me, I felt just honored, not even like an obligation, just an appreciation yeah. that you wanted to, you know, have you, me tell a little bit of my story. You have so much good things. And every time I talk to you, I hear such like so many good things that I know a lot of people could benefit from. And then I also heard the podcast that you shared with me. And I'm like, wow, two shorts. I'm like, I added a, I added you on there. I'm like, I need to have two shorts on. Cool. So we're going to get familiar with your story. Those that know me know that what I, uh, one of the things that I helped me grow so much as a person is I always talk to people. I always interacted with people and I always gained from them, either if they were good or bad things that they did. I always looked at what I can do to gain knowledge from them. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly why I wanted to have you on is because I know we can gain so much from you. Uh, two Shorts is a Canadian. I am. You were born and raised there? I was born and raised in Toronto, Canada. Yes. Toronto, Canada. So I'm not Canada. a citizen. Toronto. Hey. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep my comment to myself. My friend. So Canadian, uh, Toronto, the six, the, what's the area code there? Oh, uh, gosh. I wouldn't even know now. I remember it. I, 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 the only reason why I know this is that Drake song where... Where he goes, oh, I forget he's Canadian. He's Damn from it. Toronto. Oh, he, he says, is. he calls he's it the six. People. And I'm like, why do they? I'm a guy that always looks everything up on Google oh, afterwards. Okay. So, like, if I don't know something, I'm like, hold up, Google. And I'm like, figuring it out. And the reason why I named the song the six is because it's two area codes oh. there and they both have the six in both. Oh, I forgot what the area codes were. I forgot them. What are they? You gotta know them. I don't know them. I have family that still lives there. I promise to call you. After I called out. All right, you gotta <laughs> find out. Here. So what how old were you when you got here? So I was uh about I was about middle of second grade uh -huh. when I came here. And things were very things were very different. Now, granted, this was also 30 plus years ago. Yeah. But when I was growing up in uh Toronto, I was learning French. I remember in first grade, we were doing just, you know, different, just different things, learning world geography. Yeah. Um you know, understood that we were a part of North America and this kind of greater picture. And then I moved to Marin County, California. Yeah, by San Francisco. Yes, right outside of San Francisco. Yeah. Beautiful area. That's um, where Tupac moved when he came here. Yes, and you know how I love Tupac. <laughs> well, I don't know if you know how I love Tupac. I, I don't do know. Tupac. I know you like two shorts. You know I like two shorts. <laughs> yeah, because I grew up in the Bay. And yeah. at that time, the major artists that were out, you know, I think were like two short and it was Tupac and... Mm -hmm. 
Mac Mall and Mac Dre yeah, and all Sally these Sale. like yes, exactly. In the 90s. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Good old nineties. So at that time, when um when I moved to Marin, it was a culture shock also. I remember saying to my uh family, Mom, there's all these white people everywhere. I was just shocked because I had come from this major metropolitan city and I moved to this tiny little town in Marin County, California. And there were just so many, there was just, it was just a huge culture shock. For so me. what's Toronto like? So Toronto is a lot like San Francisco, except cleaner. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, cleaner is probably the word. Yeah, <laughs> cleaner is probably the word. Um, yeah, no, but the last time I hung out in San Francisco, it was not clean. I Things were not fine. I'm I won't sorry. go there anymore myself, which is super sad because, yeah. you know, um, well, I did a lot of damage in San Francisco. That's a whole other. That's, that's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a 21 and over <laughs> podcast. That's yeah. when we get wet and wild. <laughs> I was, but, you know, growing up in Marin um, was beautiful. There was a lot of, um, you know, opportunity to, I don't know, ride our bikes around as a kid. And it wasn't, it wasn't the same probably as growing up in a city. So, but I didn't know anybody here. So I was the new kid and, um, you know, it was me, my little brother, my mom and my dad, all of us moved. And, uh, I started second grade and I was, um, I was, I took that opportunity as the new kid to figure out how I was gonna get in, you know, and like fit in, where I needed to fit in. People yeah. made fun of things like my accent. Now it doesn't sound like I have an accent. But back then, I had a little bit of an accent because, you know, Canadians talk a little bit different. Yeah. So, you know, kids are kids, right? And they would just like poke and you're different. And um, so I was, uh, I, I became kind of this like slight little outcast. Just very, very slight little outcast. Because of because of your background and stuff. Yeah, just because I was new and because mm -hmm. I had this accent and because I just didn't think the way that everybody else thought. Um, when did the un unsupervised stuff happen? When did pretty you quickly after. That. Oh, really? Yeah. Because yeah. I remember it, I wanted on the previous podcast I was talking about. I think you were like nine, ten when you started being going to that unsupervised. So okay. Two shorts before we get into it, so people know what I'm talking about. You're a writer also. I am. And uh, that's where the unsupervised dilemma came from, where you wrote a book. Yes. That is called that, right? Yes. Go into a little bit about that before we continue with your story. You bet. Um, so the podcast that you're referencing. So I was asked to be a part of a podcast because um, what actually brought us over to the United States was my parents' involvement in what I would call this like spiritual community that yeah. they had been a part of in Canada. Um, that, you know, I mean, things had started, I think, jumping off for people around, you know, 70s, 80s, and then early 90s, uh, kind of this separating from their churches. And there was these little groups of people that were kind of getting together and starting to discuss spirituality in a different way. I knew nothing about this as a child. I just knew that we were moving to Marin because my parents' friends were moving to Marin. Yeah. And so, um, and so that's what we did. But my um, my writing and the podcast was about me growing up in a cult. That I that's what I was yeah. asked to discuss. And um, oh, yeah, I heard it. It's an alt. You know what I mean. So it's an. It was a definitely <laughs> unlike what my peers were going through mm -hmm. at the time. I I couldn't find anybody else who could relate. It was through the religion, right? Mm -hmm. uh, well, so both of them had um, been. They both had actually rejected their religion. My yeah. mother grew up Irish Catholic. My father grew up um, Ashkenazi Jew, mm. and both of them had such 
negative experiences and such negative belief systems that were instilled in them that they started seeking other things. They started seeking um, more answers. They wanted to go elsewhere. And so what they did was they found other people like them that were talking about things that people weren't talking about at the time yeah. related to spirituality. Um, so what that did for me and what that meant for me as a child was I was just different though. And I couldn't find anybody else who could relate to what I was going through. So when my friends, um, you know, at my new school asked me what church we were going to on Sundays, I didn't have an answer. We didn't go to church on Sundays. There was something else that there was going on that they were involved in, you know, like these spiritual seminars and they did them on Saturdays. And it was just a totally different set of belief systems. So as a writer, what I've done is I've taken pieces of my life story and I've compartmentalized them into like these little short stories. So Unsupervised Dilemma is the name of my memoir, and mm -hmm. it is short stories about my life and the trials and tribulations, the crazy things that I did, the crazy things that happened along the way, yeah. and um, to kind of get me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and I also have a supernatural fiction book that I'm working on at the same time, but I'm shopping agents for that right now. What? Yes. I know. I love it. I love it, too. It's really fun. So it just so how'd you on get into stuff. writing? So it was the stuff that fed my soul from the very beginning. I remember being seven years old and um, just knowing that that was what I wanted to do. Yeah. I don't know how I knew that. I just knew that I wanted to write. I didn't even have a real uh, grasp as to what I wanted to write. I think I was young and I started out writing little poems and stuff. And it was a great way for me to. Uh, and you the know, first book you wrote was The Unsupervised Dilemma. Yes. Yeah. How long ago did you do that? Um, so I'm actually still finalizing details on that. So um, it's been a work in progress for about a year now. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds exciting, though. It's very exciting because it's been a cathartic process, yeah. but also a really fun and funny process. And that was one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was to talk about things that were difficult topics, difficult things that have gone on in my life or in, in la our life, whatever, down here in the Hunger Games, right? And um, and do it in a way that brought levity, yeah. that brought humor, that brought joy. And that was um, something that I wanted to be able to share with people. How old were you when you when you um, started finding this? You said you were a kid, right? You said you were young. Mm -hmm. When you when how old were you when you decided that I'm going to write a book? Did it take a long time? Like like so did you say I want to write a book and you did it right away or did you run or write a book? five years ago and you finally did it a year ago? Like, what was the time frame of you taking action of wanting to do it? So, How long was that? So I knew that I wanted to write my entire life and I've mm. always done little bits here and there, but I said I wanted to write a book probably in my early 20s and it's taken me till now and I'm 39 years old. How do you feel about that? Do you feel, feel like you needed that? Yes. I, Let I, me tell you why. Yes. The reason that I needed that time is because the reversions this is one of the things that I do like to talk about and like to write about, right? So there's the stories about my life, but there's also the different versions of myself that I've been along the way, right? We are who we are until we, um, until we change, until yeah. our beliefs about ourselves change, until our circumstances change. So um, I would have written very differently about my life had it been five to 10 years ago. Yeah. It wouldn't have been probably the funny 
more unified and helpful way of talking about things. It would have been maybe an angrier version of Emma. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been, been different. Uh, it would have been different. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's part of the process. Sometimes we don't understand that we need. Like um, I see, I'm going to compare it to my world yeah. where I have uh, people that want a gym, right? Like they're like, hey, I want to have a gym one day. I'm like, well, part of having a gym one day is um, learning how to coach, learn how to deal with people, becoming a good trainer, and then learning the management business side of it. Yeah. And all that is a process. And sometimes your process may take 11, 20 years, right. five years, three right. years. I don't know, depending on what it is. But that right there is what's going to make you great at whatever it is that you decide or end up doing. Totally. You can have one with that? I 100% agree with you on that. Yeah, and I, I think that's that patience that a lot of a lot of us are forgetting that we need to have. And the perseverance that comes along with it. Yes, also. And not that giving was something, up, not quitting. That's right. And that was also something that, um, in fact, I want to get to that too, to talk about how the gym shaped a lot of what I feel like I was able to do the last few years for yeah, myself. For sure. And that was because before getting here, I had all of these stories. So unsupervised dilemma, you know, I can just give you guys kind of a little snippet about what that looked like. But by the time I was 10 years old, I was like smoking cigarettes, trying to figure out life, like thinking, you know, <laughs> how am I going to handle this and mm -hmm. handle things with my little brother and handle things at home um, because I was unsupervised a lot. And, yeah. you know, so... Um, so, so that 10 year old version of me, you know, let, led into the 11 and the 12 and the 13, we got into a lot of trouble. We did a lot of things. So when I got here in my, you know, early thirties, I had all of these stories. I had all these beliefs that had long ago been instilled in me that were just stories that I told myself, you know, I'm a fuck up. I don't, I don't follow through. I'm not capable of doing certain things. Consciously, did I know that stuff when I walked in here? No, not at all. I'd be like anybody else, you know, I can handle all the things. But it showed through in my actions. It showed through in my behaviors. And there was often times where, and I couldn't figure it out, where there was this person, this version of me that I wanted to be, and I could see her and I could see her going, come on, let's go. And for whatever reason, there was these She's barriers in my way that I, love, I couldn't get around. That's a nugget right there you just dropped. That's a nugget. So, man, I love that you said that. You, I see how you said it. you see this vision of yourself. You yeah. see who you want to be. Yeah. And there's these things in the way. Yeah. There's so many things that with myself, even with me, I see things in me sometimes and in order for me to get there, I had to change certain things That's in my right. life. That's right. And sometimes I needed help with that. I needed assistance. I needed a coach. I needed a friend. I needed yeah. a, a wife. You know, I needed certain things. Yes. But that end goal is that. There's just things in the way. And I think that's where, where you said the gym kind of helped you with that. Yes. Before we talk about the gym, because we're definitely going to talk about the gym. Okay, good. We need to talk about how you even find out about the gym because there's a ah. special person that got you here. There is a special person. That and I definitely want to give this girl a shout out. Oh, I know a lot about it, but I, I would jokes. love for you to say it before I say <laughs> yes, it. Yes, please. So tell us a story. Okay. I know the story, but okay. I want to hear it from, from you. I was going to ask if you knew the actual story of how I got here. So I think I do. Well, I, I know the, her version. Okay. Let me see. Maybe your version is different. I don't know. We're going to find out. All right. Now. Let me hear it. Let Tuning me hear it. In. And then so, I'll tell you if it's the same one. Okay, way. good. So, um, in fact, I was just talking to her yesterday. I love her so much. So, um, my friend Amy, mm -hmm. Amelia. Amelia. Amy Amelia. Minter. Amy Minter. She, um, so I knew Amy pre, 
Uh, well, she was boxer. She was a boxer already. She had been boxing, but at the time, she was my person who did my hair. She was my hairdresser yeah, yeah, and one yeah. of my most favorite people on the planet, you know? And back in the day, a previous version of Emma, um, I was a makeup artist. I did, you know, I've done all the things. I've done so many things. But regardless, so I would go see my friend Amy and she would do my hair and we would talk makeup and we would talk about TV shows and just all the stuff. And there were never many girls that I met in life who I just felt like at ease with. And she was somebody that I felt so easy with. And I realized now, when I was kind of thinking through what I wanted to say about her, was one of the things that drew me to her the absolute most was her authenticity. That no matter what room of people Amy was in, she was the exact same person. Mm. She was, her insides matched her outsides. And she didn't talk bad about other people. She never had a negative thing to say about other people. She might talk about things that hurt her feelings or that upset her. She don't cuss. She, and she, <laughs> and she, didn't, she didn't fucking cuss. And it was so weird because I am a sailor, you know, and all I did was cuss. And she didn't care that I didn't cuss. Yeah. So here was this sweetheart who came from this totally different world than I did. Yeah. Um, also, so like in terms of- you ask of, her, she'll tell you. I went to private school. That's my favorite yeah. thing yeah. that you guys <laughs> on the podcast. I went to private school. Well, because she was super duper sheltered. Yeah. So I'm sitting over here like a bad Amy. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I, I did all of the things that she never did. And yeah. the thing about her and I that we figured out after talking a little bit was we had so many similarities in our stories and our histories. Yeah. Many hardships, a lot of things that were super difficult to overcome. Uh, you know, all of the things, all of the things that no one ever wants to talk about the bad stuff. She and I were able to connect and go, hey, I see you, you know, you've had stuff and like, well, like, what do you do now? And I remember going to see her one day and telling her, you know, we we're just talking about our things and our TV shows and all this stuff. And I had mentioned that I asked for a punching bag for my birthday. Yeah. And she stopped mid whatever she was doing in my hair and said, you should come to my gym. Well, if you know Amy, and I do pretty well now. But that is not something that she would ask any of her client to come to, you know, hang out with her because this is like a safe space, right? Like yeah. It's a personal space and we're not here. I mean, yes, we're here to laugh and giggle and do things, but also she was a you know, on her way to becoming a professional boxer in her mind and she had things to do or whatever. So I said, oh, okay. And I had heard her talk about you and a lot of what she did as she was talking to me about the gym was talking about you and your mentorship, and your coaching, and your mm -hmm. friendship. And I realized that this was gonna be a safe place for me to go. So I had always avoided boxing gyms. Yeah. I have done other sports or, you know, over How the years. How come you avoided them? I had an idea in my head that it was gonna be some situation where I was gonna walk in and there were gonna be, I don't know, I, I didn't know, but I was scared of like a machismo attitude. Can I say something? Yes. Yes. That's everyone's vision when it comes to boxing. You're not the first one to say that. Yeah. I have so many people say that exact thing, a machismo. And I think this is what I think they picture, like movies, what it was like in movies, yeah. and they see Rocky and how they act, and which is 100% right. And most gyms are like that. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of what I prided, my, prided myself in is I didn't want it to be like that. So knowing Amy, and if you do know Amy, I looked at her and then heard this story about her gym being such a fun place and mm. like a good, safe place for learning and coaching and being and just being all the things. Had I not 
known Amy, I probably would have not believed it. Yeah. But because I knew Amy and because she had, you know, always told me the truth about everything, I was like, all right, this is going to be a cool place for me to go. Yeah. And so that was how I ended up here. And when you came, tell us about your first day. Oh, my God. So I did a boxing fundamentals class. Yep. I met you. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't, <laughs> this was great. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day. The very first thing out of my mouth when you were like, hi, who are you? How nice to meet you, blah, blah. First of all, I have horrible anxiety in general, right? So I'm like, you know, hyping myself up just to get here, okay? Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And, all, and I'm dyslexic. So I'm like, fuck, this is gonna be like terror. I don't know what this is gonna look like, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't learn quickly. So the first thing out of my mouth, you were like, hey, do you know how to wrap your hands? And I was like, what? Yeah, wrap, <laughs> a wrap a what? A blunt? Uh, yeah, right? I was <laughs> like, I don't know. And I was like, oh, I better get a pair of hand wraps. Okay, yeah. and you were like, here, I'll, you know, let me, let me tell you about it, da, 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 whatever. And I think you did one and had me do the other to like kind of like let me be in it and show me. And, um, and you started asking me just really simple questions, you know, like, hey, you know, what, have you ever boxed before? And I think immediately I just said, no, I'm, I'm not a natural coach. That was the first thing out of my mouth. And you, and I didn't expect this response from you, but you looked kind of perplexed and you said, oh, well, that's okay. You don't have to be a natural. Yeah. And now knowing you the way that I know you and understanding that regardless of being a natural boxer or not, ultimately at the end of the day, what you cared about was whether or not people showed up and did the work. Yeah. It wasn't about walking in here and being good. And so this was the, that was my very first day. I remember that was awesome. telling you, I'm not a natural. That's awesome you remember it. Yeah. Day by day. I think the first day of boxing you will remember forever. I remember my first day too, like crazy. Do you? Yeah. Um, so I like that you shared that because what I try to tell people here at the gym is when you're here, you just want to better yourself. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're not here in competition with that person, this person, that person. You want to leave here a better version of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just focus on what you can do. And another thing you said that I, I, I love that you said is how Amy mentioned how the mentoring and the talking and the coaching and the relationship that we have and that you gained from that. I think that's one of the biggest things that boxing gyms make when they start uh, wanting to make it as a business is they get away from being a boxing coach. Mm -hmm. You have to remember you're a coach, not a trainer. You are a boxing coach. And if you think about it, like I look back and I think about me when I was a kid all my boxing coaches that I had, what made each one special? And what made each one special is they would check up on me, they would call me, mm -hmm. happy birthday, mm -hmm. da 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 And mm -hmm. if, if something went wrong with, with school or if I'm sad, pull me aside, talk to me. Mm -hmm. That's a coach. Mm -hmm. That's somebody that's not only teaching you a sport, but they're there for you, they're guiding you, they're a friend, they're mentoring you. I think that's where boxing gyms, or just gyms in general, we tend to go away from that mm -hmm. because we're focusing on being a business where we're now a trainer focusing on working people out, but we're not focusing on building them in here, right. what's in there. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people need help on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yes. that's how we get to, <laughs> yes. you know how you said? Yes. That's how I get to- From this version to this that version. That version, that version that you see in your head 
that you're like, I see it, but I can't overcome this. Sometimes you just needed a little guidance. Yes. And maybe you just needed a coach to tell you you're beautiful. Maybe you needed a friend to tell you, come to my gym. Yes. Maybe you needed to tell somebody, I'm dyslexic. Dile- dile- <laughs> dyslexic. Dyslexic. I don't know how to do this stuff. Amy actually was the one who helped me figure that whole thing yeah. out. And, and, yeah. and then sometimes it's okay to be that way. It's okay to be dyslex- dyslexic. <laughs> Can't even say the damn That's word. Perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's okay to be yes. uncoordinated in this. And, yes. and, and you just got to grow from that. That was actually the thing that you and Amy were the perfect pairing for me also. Because between the two of you was the blueprint laid out for mm-hmm. me of how to get from here to here. Because everything that I thought about myself, all of those beliefs that I had that had been deeply instilled in me from the time I was really, really little, you didn't give a shit about those stories. Mm -hmm. You were the one who said, don't listen to any of those people outside the ring. Mm -hmm. They're not brave enough to get in here. You listen to me. That was my first blueprint. My next blueprint was every excuse that I had for not doing this. Um, I had lost, I think I had lost probably 50 to 80 pounds before I even joined the gym, wow. but I had struggled really bad with eating disorders and food and body image and self image and all that stuff that a lot of women go through men too, you know, yeah. um, and just unhealthy habits. I had every unhealthy habit you could ever have. I smoked a pack and a half of cigarettes to the face today for 15 years. I did not walk in here like a boxer ready to go. You know yeah. what I mean? I had all of these things that I viewed as barriers. The thing that was cool about Amy was because she had been so honest with me up until that point, everything that I saw as a barrier, she said, well, it'll just take you longer. You'll have to figure out all the wrong ways first, like I do. And then once you figure out the right way, you're Mm -hmm. gonna be really good at it. And so it took that pressure off of me to have to look like everybody else when I walked in here. And uh, when I said, well, I can't run, I have asthma. Well, Amy had asthma. Really bad. You guys called her asthma attack for the first year in the gym. She was horrible. And then I remember one day too, coming in here and, and you know, cause I would, I would come in panicked. Oh my gosh, I would be so panicked sometimes before I would get here, I'd be wiping tears away from my face just because I had anxiety or I was scared to be around people or I was scared of my performance that day or not being good enough or whatever it was, but it didn't matter as long as I walked in here and I like showed up and did my best. You know, if I was in the corner having a panic attack, I was yeah, gonna attack, cares? whatever, you guys were like, all right, well, let me know when you're done, That's you know? That's Right, exactly. <laughs> and that was the thing is that it was so safe for me to be myself Yourself. when I was here. It was safe for me to learn while I was here. There's one thing you said there that I love that we need to touch back. Hmm. At the very first thing you said, when you were in the ring and you were worried about what was going on and I told you, don't worry about them, they're not brave enough to get in here. Mm-hmm. Go into a little deeper about that. What was going on? So you were sparring, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so that was the other thing. So when I got mm-hmm. here, I was never, ever thought that I would be brave enough to spar. Never. I come, I see Amy spar, and I go, oh, I have to try that. It just looked like so much fun. And like my my brave friend is doing it. And like, I want to be brave and try it too. But I didn't know nothing about I didn't even watch. I shouldn't even say it. But I didn't even watch boxing. You know what yeah. I mean? I was just like. You're Canadian. You're watching hockey. That's right. I'm watching <laughs> hockey. Yeah, I heard it was a good game <laughs> the other night. But um, so, I'm, so I'm like getting my gear on. I think I'm borrowing gym uh, stuff from the gym at the time or whatever. But. Um, you guys were so supportive and you were super supportive about it. And at that time it was in the evening still. And I think on like Tuesdays and Thursdays we were doing it Mm. and there were tons of people in the gym. Well, I 
still having panic attacks and anxiety and all of this other stuff, you know, pouring CBD down my throat, trying to figure out like what I can do to calm down before I get in here. And, um, and I wouldn't breathe. That was the other thing is that I wouldn't breathe. I hadn't learned meditation yet. I hadn't been kind of in the swing of things here, learning to breathe. And so you calmed me down. I was getting ready to spar and or it was an, it was one of the rounds that I, I had just sparred or whatever, and I was getting ready to go for another one. And you like grabbed the face headgear. of my headgear and you said, no matter what, you don't listen to any of those other people outside of the ring. They are not brave enough to get in here like you are. You're doing great. And that yeah. was all I needed. I was like, <sighs> it's fucking right. It's true. It's fucking right. Yeah. And so I have carried that with me into this last several years of my daily life Yeah. because it gave me the self-esteem that I needed and it gave me the confirmation I felt like I had and always wanted. That's a fucking nugget right there because the reason why I wanted to touch back on that, that's so huge on how you maintained it with you. That comment, you kept it with you, you used it with you in the ring mm -hmm. and that's a, a testimony to life. When when the, you're doing something to better yourself, anywhere. Sometimes in school, sometimes you're driving a car that has a bucket compared to your friend that's yeah. driving a Mercedes, yeah. and there's gonna be people saying things to you and all that. Who cares what they say? Because at the end of the day, they're not brave enough yeah. to drive a fucking bucket like you. Right. They're not brave enough to take the detour to get where they need to be right. like you. Right. And you're gonna grow so much more when you do that. Right. And and, and just like how you said right there, like you were in the ring, you were struggling, you were you you couldn't breathe, you were throwing CBD down your throat, you're doing all these things, yeah. but you know what it did not do? It did not stop you. That's right. You still fucking did it. Mm -hmm. And that's something you can live with for the rest of your life and be proud that you, at 39 years old, mm -hmm. with all these barriers, all these things in your way, you still got in the ring and still pushed beyond with people that are competing with actual boxers and athletes. You didn't get in there with another 39 year old with no. the same amount of, you know, you got in there with somebody, you <laughs> no, know what I'm saying? They didn't have asthma like that. Yeah, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? No, and yeah. that's huge. Yeah. You know, that's that's tremendous. That um, That's obviously, I don't know, that's actually probably one of my favorite things you said so far. I love that you said that. Thanks, there are many things that you have said to me that I have that have like stuck or or just kind of held me and carried me, whether you knew it or not. One of the best things that you ever did for me uh -huh. in this gym was make fun of me. <laughs> that is that, no, that is no Cut. shit. Let's no, edit that. Do not Let's edit, edit that. that. He is it. fucking hysterical. Because <laughs> here's the thing about it: I needed to be not so serious all the time. Yeah. I wasn't trying to compete in the Olympics. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just trying to get here and punch a bag properly. I remember you pulling me off the bag like, oh, don't do that. You're just gonna hurt yourself, you know? <laughs> I never point. And, um, and I was also probably weird for you because I didn't come in here. I'm not a competitive person. Uh -huh. I didn't come in with like a competitive edge. So when the other girls that I was sparring with were doing better, I'd be like, oh, go focus on them. They're great, you know? Yeah. And I remember <laughs> this is a nugget. This is a good nugget you'll appreciate too, is that, you know, because of all of those stories I had or whatever, it was like, well, I'll never be, I'll never do what they can do, or I'll never be able to get where they're getting and, and whatever. And I, you, you looked at me and a few of us, I think we're standing around one day and, and what you said was just something that is 
uh, that we've all probably heard a few times, but it hit me like, not in a bad way, not in like a pokey way, but like in uh, that self-revelation moment of holy shit, he's right. You said, how can you expect anybody else to believe in you if you don't believe in you? Yeah. And I was like, well, shit, he's right. Yep. And I had to change my attitude. That forced me to change my yeah. attitude. Because, you know, not coming from a place of... It, and for me, I think what I had associated it with was coming from a place of ego, not bravery, and not self-confidence. And you can come from a place of bravery or self-confidence and that not be attached to, I'm better than anybody else. And you already said this, but for me, what it was always about was, was I a better Emma than I was last time in yep. sparring? I, you can't, this is an amazing sport. This is the underdog sport. And I am the underdog of all underdogs. So I love that. Like, I love seeing somebody come in, not know what they're doing, not know how to throw a punch. And, and they just keep working and keep working and keep working. They don't care if they look stupid. They don't care if they, uh, if other people are talking crap about them. They don't care what anybody else has to say. They come in, they shadow box, they do the routine. They get better every single time. They spar and then they fuck somebody up the next yeah. time. And it is amazing to watch because it's not about the other people. It's you versus you. It's am I a better version of myself than I was last week? Yep. Did I do the things or did I not do the things? Amen. To get there. Look at you that. That's I mean? another nugget right there. It's <laughs> another one. It's true. That's, that's what it's about. It's about getting better. You know yeah. one thing uh, that I enjoy here at the gym and that it caught me is, it happens all the time, but I want to bring this up because I remember you remember this story uh -oh. very well. There's times where you are, because uh, we have like all sorts of people here, uh -huh. like like literally. Uh -huh. you Everybody, go all walks of life. All walks of life yes. from, from wealthy to poor yep. to tall, skinny, yep. everything, like yep. every walk of life. And then sometimes you come across people where you're like, I don't think I would get along with that person. And you think I would probably not mix well with them. And you assume that without ever talking to them. And then here you kind of forced to talk to people that you typically wouldn't talk to on the normal basis or on Instagram or Boxing something. Boxing kind of has a way just like leveling everybody yeah. out the same playing field. So you know then I mean? you talk to them. And I remember you were talking to this girl one time and it was crazy because you guys started talking about aliens and started <laughs> no, talking I about- No, I knew you were going to bring up the aliens. You know what I'm talking about? Yes, I do know what you're talking about. But beyond the alien stuff and all that, I don't really want to talk about aliens right now. But, fair. But fair. the fact that that conversation was brought up from someone you thought you would never get along. And I remember what you told me afterwards. Uh -huh. You were like, wow, she's actually hella cool. I didn't expect her to be that cool. Like she was super down to earth, super everything. I remember I left that day and I was like, man, I love that shit. I love that. Because you talk to everybody. I love that you, you, you run into somebody and then you talk to them. You're like, wow, they're a lot different than I expected them to be. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. There what were, did you go ahead? No, you're gonna say, what did I think before that? Or yeah, what so I, what 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 tell us about that conversation? How how we don't gotta go into the alien stuff, sure, but tell, sure, sure. tell me about what what how did that I think in general what happened for me when I was here was, you know, again, having anxiety is tough, man. Mm -hmm. It's real tough because you're just hearing negative stories kind of repeating if until you learn to do something different with that. 
Um, so my negative stories, a lot of the time were, they just don't like me. That was it. It just ended there. And so it was you never told that to yourself. I told that to myself. Yeah. They, they, they just ever, don't like me. Without them We've ever never doing had anything. an interaction. It doesn't they just matter. Don't like you. I smiled once. They didn't see, they didn't smile back. I don't know. They don't like me. That was just my story. Yeah. And I was used to, I think a lot of people deal with this. I think a lot of people deal yeah. with that, right? You make uh -huh. assumptions or whatever. And so I, you know, or, or I don't know what other people think about me. That's one of those things that, you know, coming into the gym or whatever, I think I just kind of assumed, I don't know what people assumed about me. Maybe that I was different or that I just had some like, I don't know, easy life or just kind of came in here and, you know, yeah. started punching the bag and doing things like it just was so hard for me. So when I saw other people that did it and just looked graceful and it was easy for them, um, you know, I just avoided them <laughs> probably more than anything yeah. because um, I didn't feel like I could relate. And what it was, was one day you and I were, we had been chatting about something or you were, you know, probably making fun of some shit I posted on Instagram, who knows. And, um, and you said, oh, there's this other person who comes to the gym who I know is all into that. Cause I, I do a lot around belief systems. So that includes a lot that includes spirituality and religion and how we feel about ourselves and how we think about ourselves and, you know, how to move beyond that and work through that stuff in meditation. And I can't remember what it was you did. It was super slick, but you were just like, oh, Emma, by the way, have you talked to so-and-so about blah, 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 And you just yep. like poured it out. And I was left sitting there like, oh I'm, no. I'm always dropping dimes. He outed me. Like, <laughs> I always drop dimes. So in the gym, I'm always quarterbacking. So if I know two, three things about you and I know that this person uh -huh. has something in common, I'll connect you. I'll be like, hey, he serves, you serve. Two shorts, me, Bill. Bill, totally. me, two shorts. And that is what you did. It and was a genius moment because she and I then talked for, I don't know. No, you guys talked for like an hour. An hour? Yeah. yeah. I was like, look at that. Boom, I did that. And you did that. because, <laughs> And it was a great moment for me because I had been forced, <laughs> shoved out of my shell, which is yeah. one of the things that you're really good at, do, at about doing, you yeah. know? You're like the only person who could like yell at me and it doesn't, it's like... It feels encouraging, you know? That, I think that's good. I think that's a compliment. It <laughs> is a compliment. I loved when you yell at me, especially when you're coaching. But I was going to say, you were also the person, kind of like that whole blueprint for how to be. Like, like Amy taught me how to be brave. You also taught me how to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so the combination of the two brave of you. Brave and vulnerable, yep. Uh, the, I was like, oh, 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 Okay. These, these are things that are okay. Like, I remember crying in the gym one day and I was all upset because I had cried in front of people and you were like, so what? People cry in here all the time. Yeah, you know? they do all you know, the like, time. You go, I cry all the time. And I was like, you do? I didn't know. Yeah, I had to like teach myself. I do cry all the time. How to have those kinds of emotions. I didn't, these were not things that were just like, oh, yeah. you know, no, things that most normal people, I feel like, I feel there like isn't normal. I'm just gonna say majority. Majority. I think people just hide everything. They're yeah. afraid to be judged. Yeah. You know, everyone's afraid to be judged and they hide it. And if, it's like it's like everything. You can't act like you've never farted, you never cried, you never used the bathroom. All these things that everyone does. Right. And just because we're human. Yeah, we're human. You it can't be all like shy about it. It's like, bro, you telling me you've never cried? Right. You've never cried. Come on. Right. You're just acting like you're too tough. And I think it's... Or it's, that there's something wrong with that yeah. when it's just being a base... You're just yeah, being, it's being a human. human. Yeah, you're just being, being human. human. It's, right. it's part of being a human. Right. Yeah, I, I, and it's true. People cry here 
all the fucking time mm -hmm. from every age, from kids to yeah. grown people. Yeah. 40, 50 year olds crying. It's yeah. like, it's just part, I'm used to it. Yeah. Come on, let's go. Here's I know. my shoulder. And that was another one of those. This was a, one of my most favorite stories to tell people was about how I came into the gym one day at my absolute worst. I was doing my best to show up and it just took everything I had to get me in here. And I go to put my bag down and I can't. I pick it up and I go to leave. And somehow you caught me before I left. You caught me and I was like, oh, oh, and you just put your hands on my shoulders. You could tell there was like something awry. And you said, are you okay? Which was like, oh shit, full panic now. <laughs> no, I had to tell him the truth. No, I've been busted, right? And you're like, come into my office. What is going on? I'm fully panicked. Tears pouring down my face. I didn't know what to say. And I just, uh, so I just told you the truth. And I just said, I'm sorry, this happens. I have PTSD. It just comes out sometimes, coach. And you said, oh, thank God. I thought there was something wrong with you. <laughs> and I, I was so I do remember that I was day. so stunned at the response that I got. And I felt so held in that moment because it was just the perfect, it was just the perfect moment for me. It was okay for me to be me. It was okay that I wasn't okay. It was yeah. Some, a coach, my, my coach, my friend, my mentor, my person who is here trying to teach everybody like, no, it's okay. You just show up and we work through whatever the next thing is that we got to work through. And, let's go. and so that is one of my most favorite stories to tell about you. I tell I everybody you're an I angel. I do remember. I saw you through the mirrors. That's why I love the mirrors. Oh, I didn't know. I you saw the mirrors. The I saw mirror. you walk out and then I see you're outside in your bag. I'm like, hold up. I ran over there. My yeah. she ain't leaving. No. You were here. Yeah. Um, all these great stories. I love these great stories. But one of the biggest things that I want to say from all this, at the end of the day, all these things help you get to mm -hmm. writing your book. That's right. Being out, talking That's to right. people, being on podcasts. That's right. Getting out of things. Yeah. That you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Overcoming all these things. I and, learned how to be brave. And all that came yeah. from you fighting every day with yourself. Yeah. You fighting every day with like, you know what? I'm not okay with this. I'm not mm -hmm. going to be this person. Yeah. Who cares about what everyone's doing? That's awesome. I love that. Thank you. I love that. Thank you for sharing that too. It's, it's very brave to come up here and share all these things about yourself, personal you. stuff. You um, I want to ask you some random questions. Now. Okay. Something that has nothing to do with any of this. Sure. Some fun stuff. Okay. First, I already know this, but I want you to tell them. Okay. Two shorts. I know it's your last name, but explain why I call you two shorts to everybody. Okay, that's fair. That's totally fair. So, Just so they know. Like what? Like I, so I loved two short growing up in the nineties, uh -huh. right, in uh, the Bay Area, and so my last name is Schwartz. And um, my brother and I actually always jokingly said we should have our own production company one day and call it two two shorts yeah. productions. Uh, that's so, pretty dope. Yeah. Putting Let's that go. out there into the Maybe ether. it's coming up in a couple. Maybe that's next. Hey, after I'm the shopping book. agents. Yep. <laughs> Everybody. So but that's where it came from. That's so my where it came Instagram from. handle is two shorts. shorts. After yes. that, I was like, I can't call her Emma ever again. Nobody I'm, ever, nobody knows me by my name at yeah, all. I was like, yet. no, two shorts it is. <laughs> yeah. All right. So what is your favorite restaurant out here? If you're gonna go eat, where are you gonna go eat? Oh God. I'm always down for sushi. Oh, I love sushi. I'm always down for sushi. I've been hooked sushi. on sushi lately. You could, so what's your spot? Sushi spot. Here? Anywhere. 
For consistency, I'm going to go Makuni's only Makuni. because I know it's always consistent. It's pretty much the same. If I can find like a good hole in the wall spot. What's your roll there? Oh, well, I go, I go hard. There's not just like a roll. There's like, I could go for some uh, sashimi. I could get like, you know, uh, I like grilled albacore. Uh. That stuff is really good. I'll do, um, God, what do they have? Anything with eel on it, like unagi. I mm -hmm. like their, um, I like their rolls that have kind of like the little flakes and yeah. spicy stuff on them. But I'm always trying new stuff when I go there. Cool. I'll do like a zigzag roll if I'm not feeling like, you know, uh, Mikuni is actually the place that got me to eat sushi. I used to Was not it? Like, yeah, and I got their Benjamin roll. Where do you go now? I, go, I mean, I go to Mikuni's, but I go to uh, sushi, uh, Tanks. I oh, love okay. Tanks. Okay. I'm like a regular there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so tell me something about Two Shorts. Not many people know about Two Shorts. Oh, God. Put me on the spot. Tell me. Now I'm into telling everybody everything. Tell me one thing that's that you want to share about Two Shorts. No one knows. One thing that I would share about me that nobody knows. Mm hmm Okay, well, this is um, newer for me. Oh. Um, and it is relevant because it is part of what has helped me get from this version to this version. But I meditate for an hour every day. What? Minimum. So you do an hour like from Minimum. beginning to end hour or do you throughout the day? If 15 I can, minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes, 15 minutes. Or like, what do you do? So I try to do start to finish. Damn, that's a long time. It feels like a long time, but you know, most of the time everyone's just farting around on Instagram yeah, doing whatever. I don't whatever. think I've ever done an hour. I've done, the max I've done is probably 15. It took me about six months to build up to that. Yeah. And the only reason, when I very first started doing it, I was like, this is stupid. I hate it. I had just the worst attention span. Yeah. My thoughts never slowed it, down. It's very difficult. It's difficult. <laughs> so I'd set my alarm for two minutes. I'd look down at 45 seconds, launch my phone across the room in French frustration. So I started doing it like two minute increments, no joke, and just focused on breathing because that was something that I learned here. Yeah. Was to be able to control your breathing. My breathing. Yep. And that was one of the things that um, I don't know if everybody knows that about me. I don't know if I've ever said that before. No. But I, I meditate every, and that's a good si one. every single day. I like that one. An hour. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. Sometimes I'm, I'm shorter, sometimes hour, longer, but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna say try to go a little longer. That's average, yeah. Um so this episode is gonna be released on a Monday. Do you have a Monday routine or anything you like to do to start off your week? Besides you know, meditating for an hour? Um, that is a really good question also. Yeah, I, so I start my day, I, I, I start my day that way. And then I do, I have like a set of like, um, just kind of like rituals that I do. Hmm. Um, you know, prayers, putting intentions and things out into the universe, yeah. you know, uh, a gratitude list. Um, things, like that. Yeah, so things that I do that will focus my energy and focus my mind and focus my thoughts, you know, because there are those days where we wake up and we're just like, meh. You know, like, and that happens regardless if you, what are you doing in life? You could be doing great or bad. You're totally. always going to feel yeah. that way. And there's always some little, you know, whatever, a thought comes in. I'm like, I prefer to think that right mm -hmm. now. So I'm going to change my thoughts about this and focus on something else. Yeah. So, um, right now I'm working with, um, a couple of kids that, um, are on the spectrum. So they have autism and I spend my Mondays with them. What? Yeah. I spend my Mondays and Fridays with them. And then I spend my weekends working at a nursing home. And Check you out. Yeah, I've been in healthcare on and off, mostly on, for the last like 10, 15 years. So I've always kind of done something related. But Giving back though. It feels, oh, thank you for saying that. Because it is, it feels that way for me. And yeah. that was one of the greatest 
gifts I got from this gym and how you describe this place being different than other places. There's a sense of being of service here. Yeah, service. That you don't find other places. Yeah. Within, within, from, and it, that comes from the top down. Mm -hmm. So that comes from you. That comes through all of your coaches. Yeah. That comes through all of the members here also who have stopped to like take time to, you know, help somebody else yeah. in a class or outside of here or if they see someone struggling or mm -hmm. just saying hello. Like there's a kindness that comes with that being yeah. in service. Thank you for saying that. That's a mm -hmm. huge compliment. I think it's contagious. I tell people all the it time. Is. I tell people all the time, if you're upset, right, and yeah. you're pissed the fuck off. Yeah and you're just angry at the life, and someone comes up to you and is just nice to you, it's very hard to stay mad oh. and become mean. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like if I'm angry <laughs> and you open the door for me and then you buy my drink or you buy this or you're just super friendly or thank you, yeah. da da da. Or if I'm like mugging you. It takes you. work to stay pissed after Yeah, it stays like, work. Oh, so fuck, it's, I didn't feel good. It's, I, I never understood how people are, are negative and then you're like, come back negative. I'm like, look, the best way to shut people up, because I'm a poker player. Oh, you know, yeah, I, that's I like, right. I like, I like. You gambler. I love counting people, like yeah. being two steps ahead of them. I'm mm -hmm. like, the thing I'm going to bounce back with negative. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hit them with some nice stuff. And then yeah. they, they don't know how to act. Nobody knows what to do. Yeah, I, Because everybody feels like this world has teeth. Yeah. Everybody's waiting for like. It's crazy. But you know what? You actually said something that one of my, one of the most favorite things that I ever heard. And I can't remember who told me. That's not relevant. But. I, I heard the world is our mirror, and if that's the case, our reflection can't smile until we smile first. Yep. That's that, true. That is the self-responsibility. That is true. That's on us. That's on each one of us every day. Not saying that you can you have to like put all of your stuff to the side or whatever, but I can be hurting, I can be sad, I can be mad, I can be frustrated and not take it out on you. Mm-hmm. You know, I can take it on the back. Yep. And then I'm whoever I'm fighting in here. I love that. But like that. find a good way to channel it. You said so many great things too, Shorts. Thanks, Coach. So I want to say what are the takeaways from this, but there's a lot of takeaways. I think to sum everything up real quick, I would yeah. say someone listening to this, if you want to better yourself and get that vision of who you see, who you are able, uh, who you want to become, how do you do that? By challenging yourself every day mm -hmm. with something that's going to make you better yourself. Yes. Whether it's a sport, whether it's whatever it is, but work on yourself daily. Yeah. I think that's a great way to sum it up. Even if it's just one little thing. One little thing. Two shorts you, did that. You're amazing. Thank you. So uh, how do people, if people want to stay connected with two shorts, how can, how can they stay connected Good with question. you? Good question. So I am, so I am working on my book release and I am working on this upcoming supernatural fiction book. You can find me on my YouTube channel, which I'm doing short reads and thought seeds for along the way so that the right people who are interested in the things that I have to say will, you know, yeah. hopefully find me and resonate. My YouTube channel is Unsupervised Dilemma. Boom. That's right. And that is also the name of my book. So um, you can find me there. You can find me on Instagram at Two Schwartz. Um, and I'll and have you can all probably that. find me here sometimes, too, because yep. I come in and bug you so all the time. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great Monday. Uh, I will be back next week. Uh, I'm going to have a solo episode, I believe. Oh. And then I'm going to have uh, the next couple episodes are going to be great. Definitely um, a good way to start it off because you're an inch. You're a testimony of exactly what I'm going to be talking about in the next one. So it's amazing. 
So thank you, Two Shorts, for starting the show. Thanks. Coach. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Anything you want to add before I end it? Just don't give up on yourself. Remember to be brave. Boom. Be brave. Be brave. And thank you guys so much for listening. We out. Deuces.